Welcome to The Well, where we gather and talk about life and death and just about everything in between. If you're not watching us on YouTube, don't forget you can do that. And if you do do that, you are welcome to drop questions into the comment section. We will add it to our extensive collection. I am Pastor Carrie, and um, my favorite kitchen utensil is the potato peeler. Nice. My name is Jay. My favorite iPod growing up was the iPod Nano. My name is Pastor Tim, and my favorite place is Chicago. We know. (laughs) You get to top that with a joke. Oh, yeah. Dad jokes. Um, oh my goodness, I totally forgot about that. I was so worried about making sure I had my snacky. I don't, I don't know if I, I have one. Wait, wait, here we go. When does a joke become a dad joke? When it becomes a parent. That was poorly one out of left field. Thank you, Google. (laughs) Wow. Fantastic. Well, there's one other person we need to introduce. Come on out here, Mel. Say hello to everybody. Hi, Mel. Mel. How's it going? Good, good. Mel lives in the well where we gather, and he collects all kinds of conversation topics from all kinds of years past as people were passing by. He wrote them all down just in case some crazy people who work at a church one time would like to do a podcast where we talk about all kinds of different questions. Right, Mel? Well, you were very prescient in that because here we are and we are ready for topic number one. Are you ready to get one out for us? Okay. He's like having a moment here. Okay. Down the well. Classic Mel. Classic Mel. Here we go. Oops. He hit a rock on the way down. (laughs) You okay, Mel? Okay. He's okay. Good. (laughs) All right. Here he comes. And he's shaking it off. There we are. Thank you, Mel. Thanks, Mel. All right. Um, so I'm, I'm going to um, phone a friend here because I have a tendency to pronounce this name wrong, and I want to pronounce it correctly. I believe it's Reinhold Niebuhr. Niebuhr. Yes. Okay. Reinhold Niebuhr says, Evil is not to be traced back to the individual, but to the collective behavior of humanity. Do you agree with this assessment? Could we have that one just one more time? Yep. Since it's nice and short. Niebuhr says, evil is not to be traced back to the individual, but to the collective behavior of humanity. Do you agree with this assessment? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, You know, we even have a term for it. It's called mob mentality. But um, being uh, half German, I also connect back to German roots and how, you know, we talked about the atrocities that the Nazi did. Well, some of the worst atrocities was the inaction or the passive participation of the everyday people. Mm. Uh, to me, that's the most sinful. And I, and I see it in our world today. Um, you know, we, 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 I know some people, oh, we don't have systemic racism. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> it's there. And that's part of our problem is we are so connected to the system that makes some of us comfortable Mm -hmm. that we don't see that our passivity is actually active in keeping others oppressed, whether we admit it or not, whether we see it or not. And so I truly believe with what what Niebuhr has to say there. I forgot which brother it was, Reinhold. 
um, <clears throat> what he had to say there because it it's how we live our lives. Um, you know, it didn't take that much get the crowd to say crucify him. And it doesn't take that much to get us either to say crucify him or just to walk away quietly and let it happen. Yeah, I when when I when I read that, it's a, I think it's a, it's a fascinating question. Um, I wonder what we mean by the word evil, right? Um, mm. And so a lot of the answer to this question depends on how I'm going to define uh, that one word. Because I think it goes beyond human behavior. Um, I I believe in a in a sort of a wider cosmology when it comes to forces, um, yeah. especially that 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 force that we might want to call evil. I think it is a condition that we live in. I do not believe that it is circumstances that human behavior cause. I, I don't believe that one woman and one man ate an apple and every bad thing that's ever happened on the planet ever since then, uh, animal, vegetable, mineral, uh, is is relatable to something that humans did. Sometimes people will say, you know, well, free will. Yeah, we have free will, so evil happens. But if you think about it, stuff that we might consider to be evil happens outside of the realm of any kind of human agency, uh, mm -hmm. any kind of human decision. Um, and I don't say that to, um, to try and divorce us from responsibility because I agree with pastor Tim, right? Um, there's, there's humans have great capacity for evil, right? We have great capacity for good and great capacity for evil. Um, but I don't think that humans cause evil. What humans may be co-opting evil. I was possibly. Um, I don't even know my own answer to this, <laughs> but I'm going to ask it maybe to both, but specifically, Pascari, to you, just based on you bringing up the top, this point of the topic. But um, is it something we participate in, and do we necessarily have choice? <laughs> I, I think that's a really good. I think that's a really good part of the question. And yes, I think we do participate in it. And I think we have less choice sometimes than we might think we do. Yeah, that's 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 something well, I think what, about a lot. What, that's where what, I'm leaning what, or wondering. That's about. why what I think it's bigger. Right? What limits our choice then? What limits our choice? Everything about who we are as an animal, yeah. as a human being, right? We know we repeat patterns unconsciously, fighter, right? It's almost a fight or flight. But that's a like, biological. I'm even talking about psychological, yeah. right? If we have only seen one thing, we will repeat that pattern until we become aware of the pattern. We cannot break it. And there's plenty of um, lifetimes that are spent and multiple lifetimes just repeating and participating in right yep. patterns, uh, patterns of all kinds, but certainly brokenness patterns, and yep. people aren't aware of it. Right? I think I think healthy patterns would also For continue sure. on because yep. I mean I look at my myself. My family's had a real strong pattern of anger, and uh, the generation after mine has done a great job in controlling that. Um, and I've gone through great trouble. Uh, trying to control it, but um, you know, it, is it evil when it's? I, it's still evil, but it's the only way you know. 
and that's how you get caught in those patterns. You know, um, most abused children become abusers, or many abused children become abusers. So, yeah, I agree. When you're shown love as violence, you will participate in love as violence, right? And what when we get to the situation where your evil is my good? And then there's that, right? When we really talk about what is the definition of evil. We'd have to spend a couple of podcasts, I think, just on that. Right, which I think, um, for, for me personally, I think, to, to your point, there is personal responsibility, right? Yes. Um, if, I agree. If we, if we harm our neighbor, there's personal responsibility. Um, but also, um, to, to the comments just made, if we over-individualize it, um, that's a downfall too. That's right. Um, I think there is a. I agree with you about the forces. I, I, I think that's where I'm. I'm landing in my current place in life too. Um, but also that that idea of the collective, like your your culture. I mean, yeah. I, off off mic off screen, we we joke a lot about like the areas we we grew up and and things like that. But like also like having lived in many different towns, like there are many different collective understandings of how to live. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and I've lived in the Midwest the whole time, and even that is very varied, if you will. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I, think, I think one of our risks is over-individualizing it, again, with a caveat that we, we understand personal responsibility, too. Great question. Yeah, it's a good question. A uh, whole uh, couple uh, podcasts on it. That's exactly right. Yeah, the question is, could you substitute Chicago for evil in that question and get the same answer, right? On All that I have note, to say on that yeah. note is if you've not read either of the Niebuhr brothers, go ahead and get one of their books. They're, they're wonderful. Very, very they're very true. deep. I will say that in advance, but they're wonderful. Absolutely right. All right. And well, you, know, you know where they are from? Don't even. <laughs> it's time for Mel, right, Mel? Yes, Mel says. Save let's us, Mel. let's go one more time, and we're in the well. Two more times, actually, but okay. It looks like he's got something. He's coming up. All right. There. Thank you, Mel. Send one. All right. Ooh, good job. The obstacle is the path. Zen proverb. Agree. I love that one um, for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons I love it is because you could just sit and think about that for a, a really long time, which I think is the point of Zen Proverbs. Uh, oftentimes, they don't have answers. The question is the answer. <laughs> Stop uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's up with the like really small questions being? I know. Like, I when they're not books, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. And then it's this. I know. It's so funny. <laughs> it, we, it, yeah. It, there's there's a debate among pub theologians. Would you rather have a long question or a short one? Because oftentimes the short ones seem like they're going to be, and then they're just like, yeah. Um, I, think that's re- I think that's a really difficult thing for me and my culture to process is that an obstacle can be a path and that's what I absolutely love about it. I love that it just takes me right out of all of the right and wrong, black and white um, thinking that that I am um, that I marinate in in my North American culture, 
And so I love to just meditate on the on the idea that the difficulty is the way, right? You, the cool thing about this one is you could start using synonyms because it's so short, right? And just start thinking like how many different words for obstacle can I think of? And does this still make sense? How many different words for path can I use? And, and how does that change the meaning? But um, but but mostly in the sense that a difficulty is not something to be avoided at all cost. Pain is not something to be feared and avoided, right? The obstacle is the way forward. Yeah, and I, I think um, if if all of our work, so to speak, is to avoid pain, um, I think we end up just feeling pain. <laughs> um, I was I was thinking. Um, uh, synonyms right and um, I've heard it said a little a little differently but uh, in some of the stuff that we've done for 10 for 10 I I came across a quote that said roughly um, the struggle is the journey Um, I believe it said struggle is part of the journey but you know no I had rather say struggle is the journey Um, and it and it it made me uh, think of I I was out east this past summer and and, uh, we were we were hiking and we were climbing what felt like straight up obviously it wasn't but it felt like it and then we're like oh we're gonna turn the corner and and it ended up being even kind of more vertical of a path um but when we got on top we turned around and legitimately felt like we could see the world (laughs) obviously just a grain of sand but it was it was just remarkable and but yet that just turning around and seeing that would not have had the same effect as having climbed that um, slipping down and needing to like catch each other slipping on rocks and, and getting up there and like having that whole experience um, that that the, the the obstacle in that case the obstacle literally was the path that we were walking on um, but yet there was so much beauty in that moment um, and I I think um, this is making me realize that, like how to have that like actual like memory translate to like a view of life so. Um, yeah, it's one of those where the quote itself is almost part of the path. I don't know. I'm still thinking I, about it. Oh. I just want to I just before I forget, I just want to say one more time, Jay, what you said uh, when you said um, to to always endeavor to avoid pain is pain itself. Yeah, I just want to think that's that. like oh. really amazing. That's really Thank good. You that's a that. good line. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my mind went to my childhood. Um, my maternal grandmother who is from Kenosha, Wisconsin, which some of you might say, oh, that makes me kind of Wisconsinite, but that's actually a suburb of Chicago. That's there. <laughs> we have a running theme in this episode. Oh, we? yes, <laughs> we do. Um, but she was a huge fan of poetry, and um, one of her favorite poets uh, was uh, Robert Frost. And when I first heard, you know, the obstacle is the path, uh-huh. uh, my mind immediate flash to my uh, childhood weekend bedroom, which was my grandmother's spare bedroom. And on the wall was a very nice wood carving of um, the road not taken. Um, And I'll just read the last paragraph. It's kind of like been kind of hopefully I, I'd like to say it was a theme of my life. Maybe it wasn't, but I just love it. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that had made all the difference. Hmm. Um, the idea of wanting 
if you go for a smooth path, you're going to hit obstacles you don't expect. But if you go into the less traveled path, the obstacles become joy. Is how I view it. Um, there's going to be obstacles no matter which path you go on. But the beauty of the view comes from the path less traveled because so many can't get up there. Um, and you're going to have struggle. What, what again what did Jay say? It was so beautiful. Do you want me to say? Please, okay. um, yeah, your words. Uh, to, to always strive or endeavor to um, avoid pain is pain. Um, I think I've really learned that. Um, when we're trying to be conflict avoidance, we actually create more conflict. Mm-hmm. I've seen that so many times in the church, coming into a church that's been full of conflict, which was most of my ministry, um, except for this church and my last church. They were just filled with conflict. And most of the conflict was caused by trying to avoid the conflict, yeah, by not right. talking it through. That's right. right? Oh, Yeah. If it's menstrual, if it's human, it's menstrual. If it's menstrual, it's manageable. <clears throat> Mr. Rogers. Oh. Absolutely. Wonderful. Yeah. I, I love that that ended with Mr. Rogers, by the way. Let's end it with Mr. Rogers. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I like Mr. that. Mr. Rogers would be all about this, by the way. I just Absolutely. want to say that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Let's do this just one more time, shall we? Mel, here we go. Down. Are we wishing for a, a, for one more. a bigger one? Maybe we are. Maybe we I want like a bigger one, Mel. All right. All right come on, see Mel. What, see, see what we can come do. up with. All right. Here we go. Medium. All right. Yeah, it looks like a medium one. That's exactly right. Okay. You mean we're going to learn something about um, the afterlife? <laughs> it's actually a very small one. Oh. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't like that look. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in yellow, too. What's yeah. that got to say? All right. Put your, put your uh, seat restraint on. What is the biggest challenge to believing there is a God? And I get to start. And Jay will lead us off on this juicy, meaty topic. <sighs> Biggest challenge to believe in there is like that. Um, so <laughs> I'm just going to go out swinging. I'm going to say it. Um, I think given the, my personal life and experience, I'm going to say, um, honestly, the, the culture that, that I'm currently living in. Um, because... It's so, these are just my views, I want to clarify, but it's so um, individualized and us versus them um, that it's hard to see when that's the culture you live in, whether it's explicit or, or unexplicit, um, it's, it's hard to see a God that's so um, extravagantly loving and forgiving and filled with grace when... Um, our world we live in seems to be cutthroat. Who can you take out to get to the top? Um, and uh, per um, uh, two weeks ago podcast, um, that just that I- idea of like the, the this or that, or the binaries, um, where like I, I, when you learn about God through Jesus, there seems to be not too many of those. <laughs> Um, yet our daily human life seems to work pretty hard against that. Um, and I, I'm gonna, since I'm on a roll, I'm going to say, I think we can get, I think we can let ourselves get in the way of God too. 
and I'll just I'll just let us ruminate on that without explaining it. <laughs> I'm not going to ruminate on it. I'm I'm not. I'm just going to go out front. What is the biggest challenge to believing there is a God? The church. Hmm. I think the church has done more to hurt faith than anything else. Um, when we have turned, when we have totally and completely forgotten the red letters, the words of Christ, hmm. and based all of our judgment on others and that as if we were still living under a pharisaical system, which we are. Um, that's one of the reasons why I left the church, um, because of the lack of grace and love and it wasn't until I actually started thinking about what Jesus said when I was basically forced to go back to church by guilt, um, <clears throat> was that it wasn't at all what the church taught me. And I think as church leaders, we have an awesome and very needed responsibility to stop beating people with Jesus to start showing the love of Christ. And um, I truly mean that. I, I, I think when I look at the last three generations from my daughter in her mid-20s to my sons in their 30s, um, Gen X, and even into the boomers, um, why are we not coming back? Because we got tired of getting beaten up. I, my dad and I call that Bible bashing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to say the, the very limited nature of human perspective. Mm. We stay on the shallow level. <laughs> Pastor <laughs> Kerry goes deep. Let's go. <laughs> say more. Swinging for the fences. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love that. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> um, I, I've, because there seems to be so much that makes so little sense, right? There's just, there's just terrible injustices. There's unimaginable cruelties. And we, from our little vantage point, like to put, we can only see a little bit of each thing, right? I mean, even if it's our life, we still can only really perceive a little slice of what the full story is. I mean, you know, kind of like what Paul says with in the mirror, we see the mirror dimly, but then we will see incomplete, right? Mm -hmm. we, we, we just have such a limited um, uh, um, amount of sight at our disposal that, that we make all kinds of... Um, uh, value assumptions that just aren't necessarily true. And with those assumptions, it can really seem like life is meaningless. It can really seem like y y people don't get punished. Bad people who do terrible things live beautiful, wonderful lives. Um, uh, the absolute innocent and most vulnerable people um, are abused and taken advantage of. It's so easy to just see all of that as like, well, that's the reality of the planet that we live on. And I am sorry, but there is no God that I can think of that would do this for any particular reason. Mm. 
So like when we try to reason it with our limited perspective, we're like, well, obviously there is no reason. So obviously there can't be a God. We have a very limited perspective. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. I don't have anything to add. No. Amen. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think? We Have we earned a salad? I think we've worked hard enough for a, for a delicious this salad. Pastor Tim has our <laughs> recipe today, if you'd like to tell us a little bit about healthy it. healthy salad. Um, that man, I was, I was really hoping for some sweets, too, because I, I was know, like, right? oh, man, After I need a little energy. But now Pastor Tim says he has salad for us. Yeah, this comes from the Bethany Lutheran Cookbook, which happens to be the last church that I had the pleasure of serving. Uh, it is a salad. It is called... <laughs> A banana split salad. <laughs> it <laughs> does go. not look like a salad, you guys. <laughs> it, does yes. it looks like a good Lutheran salad. <laughs> it does. Would you like to have some ingredients so you know what you're eating? I would love to. Uh, you are Producer eating. Doug, come get one. Yeah, don't forget yours, Doug. <laughs> you are eating uh, cream cheese, three-quarters okay. cup sugar, frozen strawberries, with one placed on top. Um... Uh, a can of crushed pineapples, a large container of Cool Hip, and that is a salad. And I can three get sliced bananas. Okay. Feel the healthiness okay, roaring like, through your. I like it. It's frozen, but it's got a nice texture. Oh, cold. It's mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <That's> delicious. <laughs> One person, Yum. one person's good is another person's evil. <laughs> mm. This is a salad I could get behind. I, you know what? I don't even, I don't even taste the cream. Che- I thought I was going to taste cream cheese. All I taste is just banana deliciousness, mm-hmm. like, like banana goodness. Somebody was telling me that um, bananas, na- real bananas are extinct. And real bananas used to taste like banana flavor, but now we have these crappy bananas, which um, are just are just sort of bred for travel, right? The ones that can travel the best, and they don't taste anything like bananas. So she said, artificial banana is actually the real banana, which is interesting. And this tastes like almost so banana e that it tastes mm-hmm. artificial banana kind of. So I mean, in a I good know, way. I know this is about this recipe, but I'm I'm, I'm here for this conversation. So. <laughs> Does that mean that my favorite form of the candy runts yeah. is actually like real banana? That's real. That's as I'm real as you it. can get. Mm-hmm. Or like Laffy Taffy. Oh, you, guys are, you guys are really doling it out. Ay, ay, ay. How does that brain work that way? Do we want to know I don't know. Answer? Maybe. It, yeah. I well, I a, think this is delicious, and I give yeah. it a five easily. Um, it's, you, know what, you know what's unexpected about it, too? It's actually not too sweet. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not. It's not like super, super sugary. I think that's the cream cheese. Oh, that's, that's the cream it. cheese. It's and the delicious. Fact that they're, um, you know, maybe the only thing that might have had added sugar in it is uh, chopped up pineapples. Oh, right, pineapple. As far as the fruit, because the bananas and the strawberries are just frozen really? strawberries and bananas. No, no additives. All right. Doug, Doug's thinking. I see it in his eyes. With a cool hip. Now that has additives. What are, what are you thinking, Doug? Not as crazy about it as you guys are. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's that's... it's too. Everything's just too cold. It's I can't really cold. enjoy it. <laughs> as we're recording this today, 
It was snowing this morning. <laughs> so you're not hearing this with snow. I had to bring this in. It's in a metal pan. They recommend that you do it in a metal pan. I had to bring this in wearing my gloves. I was wondering was why you so were wearing gloves. cold. And even now, and I, I kind cold. of, I'm, I, I got an ice cream headache. Yeah, you would get an ice cream headache from this easy. Mm-hmm. This is, and you're right, on a really hot summer day. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. But uh, maybe I'm on going, a winter day, it's just too cold. I'm going four and a half. Okay. Um, really good for no reason. It's it's really really good. I, um, yeah, four and a half. I'm going four, um, because I can see like if I make this for our staff, um, um, summer party, I can see where I'm going to have a hard time keeping this in shape. Oh right. And so it's it's really you got to eat it all in one setting type thing. I mean, if you take that frozen strawberry off the top and just scoop this into a bowl, I would still eat it. Okay, the frozen strawberry on oh, top. Yeah. <laughs> the frozen strawberry on top is not part of the recipe. Oh, well, that's oh. lovely. That was me going off script. Own rogue. All right, Own I rogue. thought you were going to say that if you were serving this at the at the summer staff party, you, it would be trouble because we it's would all tell our relatives not to eat. Like you don't want any of that. It's yucky. <laughs> and then we'll just <laughs> all eat it all. Yeah. <laughs> Doug, did you give it a number? No, you didn't. I give it a four. I'll go three and a half. I actually, I, I would, can I make a recommendation? I don't care. It's not my recipe. Go up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was going to be on the, it was, it's, it's about the strawberry on top. I was going to oh. say, you got to go cherry on top. If it's a banana split, you oh, got to go cherry on top. I realized cherry that last that. night and I didn't want to go back out to this grocery store to get cherries. But, and I do have to, I, I have a confession to make. I discovered this during the music of uh, meditation and music tonight. Yes, we are in Lent right now. And I was looking at the cookbook while listening to Hans play. Inspired. <laughs> it, it was inspired. So. Also, my experience with banana splits, there's usually some sort of sauce. So you got to do like maybe some chocolate oh. sauce. Do you like, put some chocolate sauce serve on it, serve it with Serve it with a fresh cherry, not fresh cherry, but like a canned cherry. Right. <laughs> you might, you know. A Sunday cherry. This, yeah, yeah. this may not make some chocolate sauce for time, but... Um, Betty tells a story. She grew up very poor, and she finally had her first job where she had money. And she decided she would get something that she could never get before. And she went to Boyd's Dairy and got a banana split, and she hated it. Uh-huh. It wasn't what she thought it would be. It looks better than it tastes. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I get that. maybe that's why I give it a four, kind of in honor of Betty. Although... <laughs> She said, if I do not bring her any home tonight, I might as well not come in. Uh, <laughs> Betty, you will enjoy it. It, it. I thought it was delicious. All right. Time for our God moment. Uh, and I will have, I, I will say mine. Um, I was very much lucky and privileged yesterday to um, officiate my first, we- the first wedding that I've ever done before. And uh, it's just coincidence. I've come this far with no one needing to be married. <laughs> so, um, and uh, just a, a, a couple who came in and just wanted to get married. There's no music, no flowers, no guests, no sermon just wanted to get married and I think standing there and walking them through the vows and just sort of you know looking into their eyes and um it was an absolutely holy moment for me and I did not anticipate that with a 
with a wedding in general, sometimes I think we think of funerals as being more sort of spiritual or, mm -hmm. you know, being a little bit closer to touching your soul. Um, but there was something about, about doing that and just speaking that, speaking to them, the words of the wedding vows, uh, that was, um, a, a lovely and, and, and not having anyone really, you know, there to distract anybody, but just having the whole thing be about standing there and, and, declaring um your love and faithfulness to someone else with you know god as witness and god's love as model uh lovely 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 and it's been such a long um gray couple of weeks and yeah i wasn't really expecting to to meet god in that way so it was a beautiful surprise and lovely god moment thanks for journeying to the well with us God's peace be with you. The Well is a podcast of St. Luke's ELCA in Middleton, Wisconsin. You can follow for new episodes airing every other Thursday on St. Luke's website or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to drop a question in the well, you can dive over to stlcaorg slash the well to submit your questions there. The Well is sponsored by St. Luke's Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to leaving a legacy for future generations. You can learn more at stlukes-elca.org foundation. The Well is produced by Doug Castle and edited by Ariana Viscara. Thanks for listening, and we'll meet you next time here at The Well. Someone's from Chicago because they tell you all the time. Uh, I'm from Chicago. You Wait, you mean like Rockford? <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> I'm from Chicago. the north side. Uh.